Yes, the mud. Things are 
faith life, you know, with a more spiritual approach, you know. Right, and right. I think some come out for the spirituality, some come out just to, you know, some people just want to see me at least dancing, and some come to eat to see me if I can flip, still can flip and all this kind of stuff. Right. You know, people come for different reasons. But for one thing I know, the music is the magic. Once you've got good music and a band that's kicking properly, then you know you can really do your thing and go out there and touch the fans. Right. And leave them singing in the, at the end of the day. Right, for sure, yeah, yeah. Are these musicians that you've worked with um, over a long period, or, or are they local but, musicians? Or where do you work? Since I've been to Winnipeg, I've really gotten the chance to meet with them and... Uh, Mr. Kimo was the one who put, put together the band first. Eh? Okay. And it's a, it's a very nice band, and I love working with them, you know? And these are all local guys, right? Is that is that right? You're Professional playing... people. These are some local guys. Okay, okay. And is that uh, is that something you do regularly when you play shows? I mean, do you do you, do you have a lot of uh, you know dates here and there where you're you're you're, you're dealing with local musicians and, and working with them uh, on stage? Yes. What, what I find is that some in some cases it, it would have been a little more expensive to take musicians from Jamaica. Right. So it's good if you can compromise a little and send in your chats that they practice and you come in. It's easier on the promoter and and um and then you know everyone can be happy at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I always have my band and thing. I still have band at, from different locations. Okay. I have a band that I can can tour with at any time. It's called the Iconic Band. Right, right. Yeah, but this band that I'm using in Winnipeg is a different. It's a band that I've worked with before, and I definitely like like the, the professionalism and how we approach the music. You know. For sure, yeah. Does that um, when you're working with with a band like the one you're working with here in Winnipeg? Does uh, the fact that they are, you know, local musicians to the city where you're playing, does that affect the sound? I mean, I know they're playing your songs, but it, do they bring their own elements to it as well that maybe you wouldn't have with a band from Jamaica or a band from from somewhere else? Well, well honestly, as I say, we, I, we come in and we send in the chats and they practice it properly. Right. And um, well, well in, in the future, it would be nice. As I know, my, my, my fans would love to see probably a with musician from Jamaica. Right, right. But there are cases when you have to learn to kind of, you know, adapt and just work. Especially, I know, I know for, for real that they have good professional musicians. Right. And once they practice your music and, and capture the sounds, then you can now come in and do a rehearsal with them and fine tune. Okay. And you can do it. You know, it, it works. It works. Okay. Um, so since you have such a, so how many albums do you have? I had read somewhere there was, there was more than 40 out there, I mean, you have a very over prolific 60, over sixty albums. Over sixty, wow! Well. So, how do you how do you decide which songs you're going to play at a show if you have that much material to draw from? I mean, how do you determine which songs to send ahead of time to the band? In this case, I, I have a general um, collection of songs that I normally do. Like, I try and do certain songs that people really look forward to hearing, like "Lord of the right? And um, "Super Woman." So, certain songs, you know.
time do you have to rehearse with with this band? I mean, I know you've worked with them before, but is it it must be a short a very short window. I, I've worked with them before, so it's not gonna be much. Okay. Not much hard work to really rehearse much. I just wanna come in and fine tune with them like and like the endings and you know, the different like introduction and so on and Okay, okay. And and work on the list, you know. Okay. Uh, so you, I mean, you know, you're coming here to Canada. You played, you've played all over the world. Uh, what is it you think about reggae that is so universal? I mean, it's something that appeals to someone, uh, you know, here in Winnipeg as much as it might appeal to someone in Germany or in Nigeria or in Jamaica. I mean, it's it's a worldwide uh, phenomenon at this point. What do you think it is about the sound that draws people from all of these different backgrounds and cultures? Well, and I think the main ingredient of, the, of our music is that it gives hope right. to the people. And it doesn't have to be African, it doesn't have to be, it, it just means people who have been through struggles can relate to it. I go to Argentina, Spanish-speaking countries, I go to France, I go to all over Germany. Yeah. These people can relate to the messages. You're talking about struggles, talking about the system. They're all facing it. Right. So they can relate to it. And I think this is what, what they see in the music. It gives them hope okay. and inspiration. Do you think that uh, the actual sound of the music does that kind of independently of the lyrics? Because if you're going and playing in some of these countries, I mean, English may not be the uh, the first language, but... Well, well, that, well, that is true, but I find that um, if, it's, if it's even part of some of these people, they study, they will study the song and they'll be able to sing along with the song. Yeah, yeah. But they might not, may not be able to speak English fluently, but they can sing along with it. And somehow, the song, the music itself teaches them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's and something... then I find also the vibration of the beat, of the rhythms, also, they can relate to it and they feel it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, I've actually noticed there's there's quite a few, uh, especially now that you know reggae has become so international that you can find artists from you know Italy or, or Germany or wherever, and they don't speak right. English, but they've learned patois through through I mean through music like yours, and uh, they it's kind of a, become a reggae reggae is an international language almost. Um, have you have you, how have you seen that grow since you've you know, since your career started, because uh, you you must have seen you know a lot of changes in just music in general, but also in the styles and the uh, the trends in reggae music in particular. Well, I, I, before I'm going to further, I want to say when I see some of the um, like German artists and like gentlemen, I met gentlemen okay. years ago in Jamaica, and uh, I was surprised to see out uh, here a white man like a German like a foreigner really singing reggae music and sounding like a Jamaican yeah he sounds authentic for sure yeah yeah and it really hit it struck home to me that you know what this music is so powerful that it breaks down all boundaries of empires and it, it tears down all division right and all barriers and make it's a universal message for me it's a universal language yeah well it definitely has I that have seen the growth. I have seen the growth with the music for one Technology has really helped a lot of people to be more at, to and let the music be more accessible yeah. to the world, and so they can actually study how to make beats from even from watching other people at work, you know. Right, and they have access to all the songs they want to find. They can they can find all those old albums they that maybe download, and you know, so technology 
has really helped with the revolution of this music. For sure, yeah. A long way, for real. Do you think, um, I mean, there seems to have been kind of a, a flow, uh, maybe a, like a cyclical pattern almost, of, of what's happened with, with reggae in terms of what's in the mainstream popularity. I mean, there'd be, you know, conscious, more, more rootsy, political, spiritual material, and then a few years later, maybe uh, kind of more... Uh, Club club music uh, with more sexual themes or violent themes would come into the forefront, and then a few years later it would go back to the conscious stuff. And I mean, now you see a lot of popular artists uh, throwing back to a conscious, rootsier sound. I mean, people like Chronics or Kabaka Pyramid or Ibomar. Uh, I mean, are you are you a fan of these younger artists who are? Who are... Yes, man. I, I really commend, and I really feel good to know that the younger generation really following up and at least following the tradition, keeping music right in their own songs. Yeah. Because, you know, there are a lot of artists who used to love to sing over songs. And yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. This might be nice to give them popularity, but at the end of the day, they're thinking about um, building their own foundation and having their own publishing and their own royalties. Yeah. So it's best that they write down and write their music. So I'm really happy to see that, you know, younger, these younger artists, they're doing their thing and they're writing their music, writing song because... What Ghana is that people believe that you have to sing over a song to get any form of attention from the audience. Right. You know, right. people tend to believe because it, with the help of the work of Ghana, we will see the, the, the resurgence of the roots. And uh, with me, with no doubt, Messenger, I have been there like showing them, listen, over 60 other albums, and, uh, and you, could, you could name up just a few of the singovers because I do mostly original stuff. Yeah. So there's no doubt. I have been one of the inspiration and in, in somehow instrumental in helping in showing these youngsters that you, you can write a song and make it and, and still hold the crowd because when you sing certain songs like Sheep Over My Soul and Your World and Mine and these songs, it, it, it's universal. People can relate to it. Yeah. You know, and they see these dancehall artists, they come and they see the impact that these music have with people because the music of yesterday, when you see like some of the older artists like Mr. Toots, the Birds, and, yeah. and, uh, and Bonnie Whaley, when you see them perform, you can see that people know their music. Their music is like household music. Definitely. Definitely. Do you feel, when you listen to some of these newer artists, uh, I mean, do you hear yourself in, in them? Do you hear that, like, you know, uh, maybe, maybe not directly, but I mean, did you feel that you're what you've been doing for the past few decades, I mean, does that, does, do you feel that come across in their music, that perhaps you were someone that they listened to when they were coming up and uh, getting into the music business? Definitely. I, I, I feel it. I, I really feel it. Some, some of them are hoping to come out, you know, because some of the brothers, they might want to say they want to chat more Naya um, Bingi. Some might want to go more like Bobo Shanti. Right. But at the end of the day, they have to acknowledge my dance in this music as as a spiritual artist and as a cultural artist who, who never sell out and never sing slackness. So even this example to show them that they can they can hold their ground and do their thing without being slack. Right. You know? Even for that reason, I know that a lot of them look unto me for inspiration and strength that way. Always in motion 
someone who, who has who has recorded so as much as you have uh how do you i mean what is your songwriting process like you've written so many songs o- over 60 albums um how do you stay fresh i mean how do you come up with material that is going to still be impactful and still deliver that message that that you're trying to present in your music you know, it's amazing enough because i find if you keep your mind clear enough then there will be enough inspiration divine inspiration because all inspiration all positive inspiration are divine Okay. So if you keep your mind clean, you know, making sure that you stay positive and you you live a clean life, you stay focused, you live, you 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 be connected with the people and you also be connected with nature. You stay in tune with what's happening, world issues. There's so much to write about with what's happening. And I think what 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 I find is, I believe that to reflect the music will also reflect the lifestyle of the people. 
Right. And and also whatever is happening, like world affairs, would also influence the uh, the things that people write about and things that really affect in their life. You know. So to 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 stay current, I think all we need to do is be abreast and stay focused and be aware of what's happening in your surroundings, in yeah. life in general, and also stay focused and try to live a spiritual life. You know. Because I find that when you, stay, you keep your Sabbath, you read your Psalms, make sure so you stay upon a spiritual path, help and cure and share along the way as you go along. Jah will always provide for you. He's gone not just bread, but he'll also give you the daily bread, which is the word. Right. You know, which is soul food. He'll also give you inspiration. Even melody. Melody is from God. And you find that if people are happy, Melodies tend to flow naturally. Yeah. Do you... Uh, do you it, sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead. And I, I think in addition to that, I play the guitar. So with the help of an instrument, it's, it's always a plus for an artist to be able to write his music, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And to do a range. Definitely. Is there a... I mean, you know, as, as, uh, as someone who clearly uh, is so spiritually inspired as you are, uh, when, you're, when you're writing spiritual material... Um, do you have a goal in mind with that? I mean, if you're writing a song uh, that is a very conscious message, is there a particular audience that is aimed at? I mean, do you want someone to hear that? And someone who has maybe never heard your music before, what kind of a, a reaction would you ideally like them to have? To but honestly, in writing a song or expressing yourself, you don't even think about those things. Right, right. You firstly want to express yourself to the truest, level and to the highest level that you can. You just want to make sure you go in there and let it out. You never know. Sometimes, some songs you sing, you never know which song is going to hit. Right. But you just go in there and be yourself and be, and be your best. And once you do, then I think the rest is left to the people to decide, you know, at the honesty. They can see when a song touch them. Yeah. First of all, you go in there and have fun. When I go into the studio, I go in there to have fun. And it's like a piece of me, like a piece, like my spirit, my meditation, whatever thought, whatever philosophy, is like an extension that goes out in the music. And whatever mood you're in, they can feel it. Sometimes you go in the, in, in the studio, you might have like a song like Never Give Up. Right. I was going through a rough time, and, you know, I go in there, I just decide, to, you know, instead of crying and mourning, I was singing a song about tribulation. I just have to have the over my soul. Or a song like Lord Give Me Strength. And then at the end of the, the, end of the session, I'm going to listen to the song and say, Oh my God, this is a hit. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, the, I'm sure, I'm sure my fans are going to love this. They're going to love this one. And those songs are classics now. I mean, those are some of the yes, best, yes. most pop, most well known songs in your in your catalog. And you see, my song like um, um, Over the Hill, We Must Have Fun. I please to live in this jungle. But you know, in writing that song, I was looking at the situation with people and where a lot of tribulation, a lot of people have to be facing. So, singing that song, I could tell that people would really gravitate to, to that song because a lot of people seeking a way where they can rest their head. Yeah. They have a peace of mind, you know.
for your for your work for, for your songwriting has it changed over the years I mean you know as you've kind of seen more of the world and uh, maybe been exposed to more situations that are happening worldwide and, and maybe more more struggles that people are going through yes, I, I think I might have matured I, I, I might have matured really okay my songwriting skills and also in the, uh, my expression and, and, uh, and um, in my experience going to earth I really as I say I get to realize and know that 
humanity, mankind, as, as one of my first songs that I did was Ebony and Ivory. Right. It was a cover version from Iguan and Pamakan. Right. But just being on the road and I'm getting to learn that everyone in life has to go through different phases. Whether black or white, people have to face the same tribulation of life. Yeah. And we just have to learn to embrace one another and be strong and to fight this battle because it's a spiritual journey and it's a spiritual war going on. So for those who are well thinkers of the, of the earth, who, who, wish the, well, who wish well for mankind and for, for humanity, we just have to come together and just make it work just to see if we can inspire the generations of better way of life than killing each other and fighting and, you know? Yeah. Bring about a one love vibe like Bob Marley would say, one love, you know? Do you think there's been any progress made? I mean, since the song like One Love came out, uh, I guess it's 40, 40 some years now uh, since that was released. Has, has that, have you seen any any changes in, that are positive, maybe in the world? You know, uh, people listening to that kind of message. Well, honestly, my brother, man, I believe honestly that our music go out you know, and touch people's lives. Yeah. And I believe because I've, I've I've had numerous testimonies of people coming up to me and saying, "Man, Luigi, just keep doing what you're doing, man." Because honestly, man, you changed my life. You changed my life. So, you think about it. As I was saying, today I was talking to my son, and I said to him, um, you know, when I started out singing, I had this great passion and energy and zeal to change the world. But I realized the world will always be a world of, of complexes, a yeah. world of ups and downs, and different views and differences, and people of different classes and creed and all that. So we, we, it's going to be like this because the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Even the corruption that people fight even face in our day. This has been there from long gone, from years gone. Yeah. You know, it's nations fighting against nations and kingdoms rise against kingdoms. So what I find is our music, we go out, we do our music and we send it out there. You never know which heart you may touch. But you're changing lives, even if you're not changing the world at large. Right. We are changing lives. Right. I guess it's your way, your way of fighting against uh, negative forces through music. Right. Because you never know. You might be touching the life of a leader of a country, or someone who might have the power to make changes. Right. In a country or in the world or somehow. So I believe if we keep sending out the positive, if we were all sending one good message, like it's about reggae the journey, and also hip-hop. Yeah. Whoever, if we were all sending out one message of world peace, one love, like Michael Jackson would say, heal the world, and you know? Yeah. If we were all sending out the one message, I believe the world could be in a better state right now, sir. Okay. Um, that's, that's a very very good answer, actually. Um, when when you mentioned, you know, people come up to you and tell you how you've you've changed their lives and how your music has affected them, when you hear that, does that, does that make you feel validated? Does that make you feel like the work you've been putting in is worthwhile? I mean, is that... Yes, man. It makes me feel, make me feel like, man, I should just keep doing it and never stop. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes, sometimes I wonder if, you know, man, I want to make any sense to sing in all these songs and, you know, like, sometimes they go to, a, like, you go to clubs and you're singing a song like, it's me and Genja. Yeah, yeah. Is great someone, song. This is someone getting down, like you're doing some, 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 um, like you're doing some dance, like some, we like to dance to some secular songs. It, it, it kind of turn me off sometimes. Yeah. Like I believe that, honestly, certain songs are not really for dining and whining, you know? Yeah, yeah. Certain songs are really meditation and, and to build. You can move, you can step to it, but you don't need to be 
doing all these unnecessary floor dance and and spinning on your head and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, you, like you just said, I mean, you, you get the feeling like you want to you want to just keep doing this. Uh, I mean, you know, again, 60, 60 albums or more, that's a, that's a very, very extensive career. How long do you see yourself doing this? Is this a lifetime journey here? I mean, will you be doing this when you're 80? Is this something you want to continue? Honestly, I love music, and um, I love doing other things because I'm also skillful in other years. I'm a poster, a carpenter. Okay. And, I, you know, I believe in doing other little businesses, but... Music will always be a part of my life. Okay, that's a, that's that's good. I mean, uh, how long have you been playing now? I mean, uh, when did you start? Uh, early nineties? Is that? Started right? professionally in nineteen ninety-two. Okay. Yeah, but I've been in the circuit, like really building, building a foundation and getting myself my confidence and getting my art and perfecting my art, you know. But nineteen ninety-two was when I embarked upon it professionally. Okay. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think I've probably first heard you around '96 or '97. Uh, That's right. And so, I mean, I have definitely heard a lot of your music over the years, uh, even here in Canada. I mean, it get it finds its way here, uh, especially now with the internet too, right? But um, so. Do you have anything, I mean, you have all those albums that, that are already available. Do you have anything new that's that's coming out in the near future or anything you're working on? Uh, yes. Is there... I'm working on um, Luciana, Anna to Dennis Brown. Oh, okay, okay. You know, tribute to Dennis, King Dennis Brown and I'm also working on an acoustic album. Is uh, Dennis Brown one of your major influences? Yes, man. King Dennis was one of my main mentors, man. He was one who really inspired yeah. me, you know. Well, I can hear I can hear his influence in your sound definitely. Uh, definitely, Who else? Uh, who else kind of inspired you when you were first uh, getting into the music business? Yeah, he was definitely one of the, the main one of my main mentors who really inspired me. And but certain songs like "Hold On To What You Got," you know, always really inspired me. So, boy, hold on to what you got because sometimes you're looking at other people's things and that uh, you're gonna. See if you want to be like them or can be like them, but especially when you build from your own yeah. intuition and build from your own foundation, you know whatever resources God has given you. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, my mama used to say, from in my bed, my dad she went. Up and make to a fire damn broad. Still, I live up to Jadastan. 
people uh, before your show happens and uh you know maybe some of them may not be too familiar with with your work or, or they might kind of know you and, and want to hear more i mean what should people expect uh from your show well when they come they're gonna they're, they're gonna really get inspiration and strength and encouragement and from then on because sometimes i might add a song from any collection because i say i respect writers yeah like Bob Dylan and all those great writers you know i don't only observe Icons from the reggae fraternity. I will also acknowledge icons worldwide, internationally. Yeah, yeah. So from time to time, I will touch a piece of song that might just nice up the audience and make everyone see it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, who, who, who are some of the artists uh, outside of reggae that that have made a big impact on you? Well, without education, Steve Wonder has been one of my mentors also. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ray Charles, um, Lionel Richie. Okay. You know. Just to name a few. Cool. And he's my next man, I'm Jim Reeves, which is more gospel, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, there... Man. So, and also, Marty Robbins. I, I grew up with, oh my God, I could go and listen <laughs> and on, man. Did, did you just say Marty Robbins? Yes, so man, you... and Bob Dylan and all them great writers, you know. I find that, that country has an interesting, country music has an interesting connection with reggae, uh, and uh, it definitely comes out in a lot of music. I mean, I think a lot of people might not expect it, uh, initially, yeah. that there would be a, a combination, but is that something that you have listened to a lot? I mean, uh, country and folk yeah. music? What really have I love, country and western, and uh, we grew up, especially Jamaicans, we grew up with a lot of western movies. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so this guy, we kind of have a love for for Western, country and Western, you know? Does that does that bleed into your sound a little bit? I mean, I know you use an acoustic guitar. Uh... Yes, man. really has influenced some of my writing skills. Like, even song like... <laughs> See that broken heart in man Turning in the burning sun Beach gang, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is the, uh, I mean, the acoustic guitar on stage, uh, and I frequently, in videos and things, I, I've seen you using that, and I mean, on your, on your records as well, that's kind of unconventional. I mean, you know, often with reggae, you'll see uh, either a singer just as a singer, or, or maybe an electric guitar or a keyboard, but acoustic guitar is kind of a unique uh, instrument, I guess, for the, for the genre. Is there, is there a particular reason why that has become an important element of your sound? Definitely, yes, because uh, what, my first guitar was built by my father. My father was a carpenter and he was also an evangelist. Okay. First guitar, he made a guitar and I helped him to to, to, to create it. And after just after he built it he passed away. So that guitar really has influenced me in many ways. After learning to, to play it, it has helped me to write my songs and it's always been there. It's like my soulmate, you know? Yeah. Is that is that how you write songs? I mean just, just kinda of by yourself with an, with the acoustic guitar? Is that the the main yeah, well, that's one of the main main way of writing, original, getting original stuff. But sometimes, as a producer, might have a rhythm and, right. you know, introduce me to a rhythm and give me advice and say, like, a song like, a rhythm like Drop Leaf Rhythm, you know, when Dan Carlon came to me and said, well, I have this rhythm, I just write a nice song, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, there's some rhythms that you can write for, and then some, there are some that we go in the studio and build with the band we get a band and we build from scratch you know song right so it depends it depends on the producer are there spe- um, are there specific producers who you are you know you frequently work with or that you, you the, the, something something about their sound works for you definitely well because well from experiment I was one of my main producers but I also works with I have um, so Dean Fraser he's also a great producer yeah yeah but Clive Hunt also you know yeah, man, I have some great producers that really. Okay, well, I'm uh, I'm sure you probably got a lot of pre- preparing to do for the for your for your, your shows. Um, k- thank you very much for, for for doing this. I mean, this uh, uh, hope, welcome, hopefully people who already are familiar with your music will be happy to give this a listen, and uh, maybe it'll introduce uh, some other listeners to your music as well. Bye. 